0: Happy Friday. It's time for the Richard Skipper Friday wrap-up show. Who and what are you celebrating today? Richard Skipper believes every day is worth celebrating, but today we wrap up the week with a dose of positivity. You never know who might show up or what might happen,
1: so get ready. Your Skipper is now coming on board and we are ready to set sail. All aboard.
2: Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of my Friday wrap up show. Who or what are you celebrating today? Uh, as uh, Tesla Bella, who does these incredible voiceovers, said for me, I believe every day is worth celebrating. And today, as Alan pointed out, is my birthday Eve. So I've invited six people on the show today who mean a lot to me. I love having them as friends. I love sitting in the audience and watching them. I love to entertain, but I also love to be entertained. And Carol Channing once said, there are performers and there are entertainers. A seal is a performer. A seal is only interested in one thing. That's to get a fish. It will balance a ball on its nose. It will flap its fins. It will do whatever it needs to do to get that fish. It could care less about the audience out there. But each of our guests today are true, true entertainers. Now, before the show started, I asked Sherry Callahan from my hometown of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, although we've never met, uh, to come up with our first number. Uh, That way, I am not uh, playing favorites today because each and every one of them are on an equal playing field for me. And she picked door number three. Now, none of my guests know who is behind door number three. But when I begin to tell you about our first guest, she's going to know this. I am writing a new show, which I am debuting uh, on uh, March 12th uh, here in New York, in Rockland County, uh, called Plate Spinners, Jugglers, and Richard Skipper, Tales of a Lifetime in Show Business. The entire show is gonna be based on questions from the audience. So if you have questions, come and see the show and I'll hopefully answer those questions. And if not, call your favorite venue, ask for me and I'll come there and do it there. Um, But there's a story that I'd like to share that I shared in my last show, which I will share now. And then she's going to know who I'm about to bring up. Uh, I was lucky enough to see Elizabeth Taylor in The Little Foxes. It gets better. Uh, I had an aunt, my aunt Janice, who passed away a few years ago, and I always felt that she looked a lot like Elizabeth Taylor. So when I went to see the show, I went backstage, uh, I was talking to the house manager, and I asked if I could possibly leave off this photograph to have Elizabeth Taylor sign this when she came in. As I'm standing there talking to the house manager, the doors open, And Elizabeth Taylor walks in, no makeup, wearing a cowboy hat, red and white T-shirt, jeans. She was just stunning. But as she passed me, her dressing room was on the other side of the stage. As she passed me to walk in, I said to the house manager, oh, my God, she does look like my Aunt Janice. She stopped in her tracks. She turned around and she said, don't you mean that your Aunt Janice looks like me? And I said, no, she's a lot older than you. She let out this laugh, which I still rings in my ears. And our guests can emulate that wonderful laugh. Uh, and she asked me if I had seen the show. I told her I was seeing the matinee and she invited me into her dressing room after the show. Well, not too long ago, just before COVID hit, I was having dinner and seeing a show one night at 54 below. And I was telling this story to my friends and this wonderful woman sitting at the next table came over and introduced herself and said, You're not going to believe this, but I played Elizabeth Taylor's daughter in The Little Foxes. I almost fell off my seat because as I described, and you may, re- may remember this, Anne. As I was describing uh her dressing room, and the validation that I knew exactly what I was talking about. This really yeah. happened. But I saw Elizabeth Taylor. She kissed me on the lips, you know, and I will never forget this. But Anne, you have, thank God, with your incredible team, created a show celebrating your relationship with Elizabeth Taylor. I want to bring this on because you are going to be bringing the show back on the 27th, which is Elizabeth Taylor's birthday. And I'm actually going to be there because I saw it before and I can't wait to see it again. Here is this. First of all, I'm bringing this on because everyone can click on the QR code and you can get tickets go right there. And if you're available and you're in New York, uh, please join me because you will laugh. You will cry. You will live Elizabeth Taylor all over again. And I'm going to bring this on as well look at that great photograph of the two.
3: Oh my God. After
2: that long introduction, welcome to the show, Anne.
3: Thank you.
2: <laughs> so thank you. I always ask, who or what are you celebrating today? But you've got a lot to celebrate. You just came back from doing an incredible production of Steel Magnolias down in Florida. You're back in yeah. New York. You're on the boards again. And thank God you're bringing this show back for one night. But beyond all of that, who or what are you celebrating today?
0: Huh? Today, uh, I'm celebrating gratitude, like being grateful. Because it's funny, I have this little chalkboard in my bathroom on my sink so that I look at it when I brush my teeth and everything, and I write little affirmations on it all the time. And today, I wrote gratitude, grateful. Because I, I I feel so grateful for so many things in my life right now, and and the 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 uh, chalkboard was my mother's when she was a little girl, so it's it's kind of neat, and um, so I'm just celebrating being having so much to be grateful for. Oh, yeah, and my middle, show is my ahead. show's on Sunday, the twenty sixth. Only because the Laurie Beachman isn't open on Monday, which is her actual birthday. But I think well, that's
2: why my brain went there. Yes.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> so, yes, it is the twenty sixth. So thank you uh, for yeah. clarifying that.
0: and and, we're, and February <coughs> is your birthday month and her birthday
2: month. So yes, yes, she's a Pisces. Uh, yes. I'm an Aquarian, but we're both February babies. And yeah, you know, the other night I was watching an old interview with Liza Minnelli. And Liza said the same thing that you just said to the interviewer. She said, I count my blessings every day. She said, when I look at my career and the people I've met, the people I've worked with uh, and what I've done, she said, to be other anything other than grateful would be to spit in God's eye. And I thought, what an incredible thing to say.
0: Yeah. I, I... And sometimes when I go to bed at night, I I, I just uh, I say thank you to the universe for um, sustaining me. I don't know how I did how it I mean, there's been times when I look back on my life and I think, oh, my gosh, how did I get through that? How did I do this? How did I do that? How did I even have enough money to live? But somehow the universe has sustained me and I'm just full of gratitude for it always.
2: Well, I'm grateful for you. And I also want to thank you because you are going to be one of my sponsors for the next week. And, and I'm going to keep uh, promoting your show. Trust me, oh, because you you. Are just that. I absolutely loved this show so much. Um, and you really take us inside a glimpse of, you know, it's very interesting because this past week I had uh, Jerry Torrey on the show. Uh, who uh, is the original Marble Fawn in Grey Gardens. And one of the things that we talk about is the fact that Edie Beale and Mrs. Beale, because they've been immortalized in a documentary, a made-for-television movie, Broadway, and their production's still going on, um, these are two very real people. And yet people may think of them as characters. And I think that when a lot of people think of Elizabeth Taylor, um, she's this bigger than life personality. Um, I had a great glimpse of just a moment, just a a brief moment in time with her. But you spent a lot of time with her and you remain friends up until the very end and beyond. And I wanna ask, what was the biggest lesson that you've learned about your relationship with Elizabeth Taylor, looking back and writing this show?
0: Um, Her capacity for generosity and uh, compassion. She, uh, because, well, we were on the road for, we did the play for 18 months. That was a long time. And um, the thing that I think is special about my show, it's not just... Gossip or uh, titillating things about Elizabeth Taylor. It's that when I got the part, I was 21, uh, it was in 1981, and my mother had just died. And the day that I met Elizabeth was the first read through, and um, she somehow sensed that I was motherless. And from the moment she met me and i and i do recreate the moment that we met where she she gave me a huge hug she kissed me on the cheek and she said something amazing which you have to come see the show right. but i just know that she somehow sensed that i needed mothering and mm-hmm. and she took me under her wing as like a a daughter and I'm so grateful for that because uh, it was exactly what I needed at that point in my life. And I think she could also just sense that uh, she wanted to help me be in this amazing situation that would be overwhelming for anyone. And because she was a child star She was exposed to it all so early, like at the age of eight, that um, she wanted to be sure that I got through it okay. And I I, I sensed that. I really sensed that. And, um, but she was incredibly thoughtful and generous. Uh, And an example of that is that every single town we opened in, we were in Fort Lauderdale, the Kennedy Center Broadway, uh New Orleans, Los Angeles and London, every opening night. She got everyone opening night gifts specific to where we were and that included the crew, the stagehands, the electricians, wow. the grip, just everybody. She she had the, all their names. She you know, people helped her do it, but she thought of that and she set the tone the way a a leader sets the tone and then that goes down and right back up again. And, um, and another example is when we flew to Los Angeles, they of course put her in first class and the rest of us were in coach. And she said, Oh no, 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 no. Either everybody sits in first class with me or I sit and coach with them. And she sat and coached with us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> God bless her. Well, we, we've got other guests. I want to get other people on. Uh, but before we do, I'm going to respond to Doug McAllister. He's asking if the show is live streaming. And I'm thinking that it won't be because I don't think the Laurie Beachman is set up for that. Am I correct?
0: Well, they're working on that. But this particular uh, performance will not be live streamed it was live streamed twice when right. I did it at 54 below and I will be doing it again in New York. And I do intend to live stream it. Um,
2: well, and- I want to say that Doug is in Texas. And so Doug, what you do is you call your favorite venue and you say that you heard about the show on Richard Skipper celebrates and they need yes. to book this show. Uh, and, and, uh, you've got a, Uh, take it all over the country so and before we bring on our next guest um pick a number one through five I've got a mystery question for you three and your question is uh what well I'm going to ask you that what was your first role ever on stage
0: I played uh well role my first role was uh I played Paul Revere in a um in a history pageant in fifth grade. But Good. my first performance was, I sang sol- uh, Silent Night for the solo in the kindergarten Christmas pageant.
2: Well, that's wonderful. So we're gonna bring on our next guest and you're gonna pick the next guest. So pick a number one through four. Uh, three, uh, no, I was three, wasn't I? Uh, two. Well, okay, uh, well, they uh, you performed at 54 Below, a great venue, you would agree. Um, and our next guest, uh, and somebody asked before we went live, please tell me that the superheroes in love are actually going to be on the show. And here oh they God. are. Hello. Do you all know each other?
3: No. We don't. Hi, Anne. I'm so interested Hi. in seeing your show. You got to see this show. Wonderful.
2: It's incredible. Thank you. Uh But you, knowing the two of you, um, are you going to be dark on that night or- are you performing somewhere?
4: No, that no. Sunday will actually be, sadly, in California. We were like, oh, are we available? And I oh. pull out my phone. And we are uh, with Desi's parents in California because our daughter has a week off from school.
3: That's her so little she's vacation.
4: going to <laughs> visit grandma and I'm grandpa. I'm sorry.
3: We got to, I mean. But
2: we will keep our eyes open for yeah, next time. Stay in touch. If you ever need a babysitter, call me because she's the most adorable kid on okay, the phone. Okay, we'll bring her over. <laughs> going to hold you to that. <laughs> <laughs> and kids love me because we're on the same wavelength. Yeah, (laughs) awesome. So, um, tell us about your new show that you've got coming up. Uh, You're going to be on uh, March Mm seventeenth, Saint Patty's Day. Uh, I am also. I'm going to be out of town, unfortunately, unfortunately, because I am starting to do live performance again, and I'm in Washington D.C. So, yeah, so it's exciting. Rumor has it that George Santos is opening for me, but I don't know if he's telling the truth or not.
3: (laughs) Well, he's there. That's brilliant.
5: brilliant. He's somewhere. (laughs) (laughs)
3: God, that's amazing. Tell us about the show. Well, the title is La
4: Vie en Rose. (laughs) Superheroes in Love, La Vie en Rose.
3: That is one of our... That's the title song because that's the, the song that I walk down the aisle to in our wedding. Wow. And I think it just means a lot to us. Nick is French. His first language is French. And we do a beautiful version where we sing both in Bilingual. Yeah. It's a beautiful duet yeah. I sing in French. I learned it. Yes. And we do a little bit of dancing mm-hmm. as much as you can on Facebook. Fifty four below stage. We do as much as we can. That's right.
2: But well, um, I you, I mean, everybody out there. I mean, you say as little as as, little as we can. You do amazing dancing on that stage. <laughs>
4: Great, good. That's right, because you've seen we'll us keep bringing. have seen us at fifty four below yeah. <laughs> yes, last year. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we were tapping and yeah. dancing. That's right.
2: Yeah. You know, um I have to ask you this because um, you know I want to tie the two of you in with Elizabeth Taylor. Um, as you know, Elizabeth Taylor was at Liza's wedding and uh, and Liza's been at a few of her weddings. Yeah. Will Liza be making an appearance in this show?
3: Oh, of course.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes, she always does. But for some reason, I always miss her. I'm always changing into my next costume. Yeah. So hopefully I get to see her this time. <laughs>
2: I hope so. You've got to figure out a way to make that happen. I know. I will say this. Uh, Liza does appear in all her glory better than ever. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. She's so awesome. I was on your website and you, uh, I know, did you stop a lot during COVID? It seems to me, I know that you did a production of Jersey Boys. Yes. Um, but have you heard about the controversy with Jersey Boys at the Edinburgh Festival recently. No, this, this was just in today's news. What? What
3: happened? Because Nick's done it for years. What happened?
2: Some two fights broke out in the audience during the performance.
0: Why? Is Santos? You know, there was it. Santos.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
3: Well, he probably will we claim don't... that it was. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was the one. What happened? Do you know? Like,
2: I don't, I don't know. know. I was I just you know heard this in you passing. But but, you, know, you, have uh, to, you have to look it up.
4: Yeah, friends of mine who did the show in Vegas say they would oh. there was hecklers, people who were drunk in the audience that would get up in the middle it's of the show. It's that type of just, show
3: because it brings out because
4: you they not speak the, to normal, the audience,
3: not the normal musical theater yeah. audience.
4: Because <laughs> you break the fourth, fourth wall all the time. Yeah, people assume that you can you can, can talk ch- back to like you. a comedy show, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> So well, I
2: want to ask yes. each of you what what is the strangest thing that's ever happened in the audience at one of your shows, either together or separately.
4: Oh, um, oh. you most recently at at your performance of Jersey Boys at the Fulton, there was oh. someone. Oh yeah, who, passed, it's... who was standing up and passed out in the audience.
3: Yeah, the... yeah, we had to stop the show. Um, so I think
4: they this were Tony playing. Uh, it was in, in the summer. Event.
3: They were overheated, but I don't they were okay, but it's so scary when you hear someone yelling, like, please stop. And of course we're going to, we're, we're acting, we're doing a show. Just stop. So the, he was singing of uh, Frankie Valley was role was singing the last song when his daughter dies. Um, and, it's already sad. So it's quiet. And he just goes, he stops. He goes, I'm sorry, please, somebody help her. Please. Like he like when we were all like, what's happening? Sorry. That's that's a lot. Yeah. I totally forgot. Yeah.
2: right. right? Yeah.
3: But yeah. she was OK.
2: There well, with go. me, I actually passed out on stage during a performance. Has that ever happened to any of you, the three of you no. passed out? Was no.
3: it like I, high altitude? Man.
2: No, 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 I was, um, it it was my opening night at a, there used to be a supper club in New York called Helen's Supper Club. It Mm -hmm. was my opening night, the place was packed. I had, the press was there. Uh, Mm -hmm. The place was full of performers. I said to my assistant, as I was getting ready to go on, I feel like I'm gonna pass out. And (gasps) she says, oh, you're just nervous. No, this was not nerves. I'm on stage, as I'm singing my song, I could feel, I was singing The Beauty That Drives A Man Mad from Sugar. The feeling was going up my legs and I was having an out-of-body experience. I'm singing the lyrics, but at the same time, I know I'm going to pass out. And I hit the final note, which was a biggie and boom, I hit the floor and the audience was cheering. Because they thought that it was. A what
5: show. a good actor. Look <laughs> at him.
2: Yes, he's Commitment. In it. But they, I pulled myself together. I went out. They called the paramedics. They gave me a little glucose. I came on and I finished the show. I did yes, the all. Yeah. Wow,
3: that's show stuff. That's
2: stopping. show stuff. So I oh want to let God. you each pick uh, a question. I'll start with you, Desi. Uh, mm-hmm. Pick a number one through four. Four. And your question is. What's the first concert that you ever went to?
3: Oh, I just spoke about this the other day. Paula Abdul. (laughs) When I was like eight, Mm -hmm. my mom brought me. She's also a dancer. So we always loved her. I loved her like because she tap danced. Nobody did that in the pop world. So I've always been a big fan of her. She's still doing stuff. But that is my first... Concert.
5: That's
4: right. And there's a YouTube clip out there of us paying homage to Oh We did opposites attract and we did, our, are and we did the whole. Yeah. Oh, <laughs>
2: so yeah. right, Nick, you pull a question, one through three. Uh, I'm going to go with two. And your question is, if you could visit any place in the world to perform, I'm going to put mm. it that way, where would it be and why? And it could be a place that you've been before.
4: Hmm. Wow, that's a good question. I mean, I would love to perform for many places i think there's such a great community theater community in london i think that's one place that i would love Mm. to to bring our our act to Mm -hmm. theaters in london because it's uh there's so much support for fred astaire and that style of dancing that Mm. and and shows that i think it would be uh such a wonderful environment yeah to be there
2: that's a great answer that's wonderful and desi i'm gonna let you bring our next guest on so pick a number one through three one Okay, and that is my dear friend Tasha. I love you, Tasha, and we're going to I love celebrate. you too. Can I? T- oh, I'm going to share. You have are now celebrating how many days of sobriety?
5: 14 days and 12 hours.
2: Wow, good for you. That's worth <laughs> applauding. You know, I'm and so-
5: celebrating with a cream cheese brownie.
2: <laughs> it's National Cream Cheese Day. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, brownie day. So we'll talk about that in a moment. I, you know, I just Thank read this book about the NFL and how inside the NFL, and there's a great story in this. They were having a big party one night, and one of the bigwigs from CBS was there, and someone made hash brownies, and uh, so he eating them because he thought they were the best thing he had ever eaten, and he left and he thought he was having a heart attack.
3: So- <gasps> oh, that's.
2: So, uh, Tasha, who or what are you celebrating today besides this amazing achievement? And I want to talk about your uh, not-for-profit that you're involved in, and I'll bring up the information on that.
5: I'm celebrating my work throughout the years in show business. I've been on cabarets and ran cabarets for almost uh, 12 years in Hartford, Connecticut. But this week, I'm celebrating my 17th annual conference, the Connecticut Trans Advocacy Coalition, uh, intersection Between Health and Law Conference in Hartford, Connecticut. It's done been done every year for the past 17 years. It's done at UConn School of Medicine. They sponsor us and they pay for everything. So we don't have to pay for one penny, which is really, really good. Um, and I'm still looking forward to our next conference. We've had some great keynote speakers. We have had Nicole Maines, who was a star of Supergirl on the network. We've had Kate Pornstein who's an amazing activist. We've had quite a few different activists, and we've been very proud of it. This is my baby. I've been doing it for, like I said, 17 years.
2: Well, God bless you. How did you get involved with the advocacy and the uh, activism work that you do?
5: I got involved with Connecticut Trans Advocacy because I found out um, about the Transgender Day of Remembrance, which Z every November 30th. Um, my dear friend who was in the cast of Rocky Horror Picture Show me in Manchester, Connecticut, passed, actually was murdered in Boston, Massachusetts. One month to the day after um, um, Matthew Shepherd was murdered. Wow. They never found her murdered. She's still being mourned. Um, and we started the day of remembrance in her honor. And we've been continuing it every year all over the country. And it's what got me started in advocacy and working for the rights for other people and for the trans community, especially.
2: What do you th- I mean, you know, this is very much in the news now, but what do you think is the biggest hurdle that you're still having to face? And, you know, and how do we get across that hurdle?
5: Unfortunately, there's still more so much violence in the t- community, not just from the anti-trans people. The anti-people who, um, who are ter- what they call turfers, real women only, not trans women. Um, it was people like J.K. Rawlings who are very much against us. Um, but also, there's still so much violence in our own community. There are still so many suicides because people are being harassed because of who they are from the LGBT community as well. And that's what's really
2: sad. You know, I have to say that as a gay man, um, I have been very fortunate because it has never been a part of my world. I mean, uh, when I was in high school, uh, I was so ahead of the pack
5: <laughs> that
2: nobody, I, I was in my own category. And, but uh, I didn't feel that aspect of bullying uh, from fellow students in school. I never felt that. So I was, and I know that that's unique. To me, uh, because it's not uh, necessarily the case, uh, when Danny, my husband, and I got married, uh, across the board, everybody was nothing but open. When we went to get our rings, yep. when we went to the venue, everything. When I hear about these venues around the country and people who are told, mm-hmm. we don't want you here, or we've never, well, quite frankly, you know, I would not want anyone baking a cake for me who doesn't want to bake a cake for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. Yes. Um, God only knows what could happen. Uh, but I've never understood, you know, uh, and because I do, I can't wrap my brain around it, uh, prejudice of any kind. And uh, it's just hard for me to, uh, I, I can't understand disliking somebody because of their skin color or their religion or something. If something turns me off or I'm not interested, I leave the room. You know, it's as simple as Mm -hmm. that. And uh, everybody. My best best
5: friend, um, who I love dearly, we get along great, but she is such a devout Trumpist. She dragged us to Trump Tower when we went to to Broadway to see Phantom the Opera.
2: Mm. Wow. But I love her. She's an amazing woman. Yes. Well, thank you for saying that. Thank oh, you. For saying that. Um, I'm going to let you pick your uh, number uh, one or two, and then we're going to bring on our next guest. And two. I want to let Esther know Esther, I can't see you in the wings. I don't know if you can hear me. Um, if you can leave me a message in the private chat, uh, but I can't, I, I can't see you or uh, know that you're there. So please let me know. And number two, you said, um, well, you can fill in the blank. Every day I will become more fill in the blank.
5: Open minded, willing to work with people. I Good like working you. with people, I like helping people, and I've always been that way. Always. Good
2: for you. God bless you. I love the work that you're doing. And I appreciate your being here today. And thank you for being very open and uh, sharing that with us. Um, our next guest uh, is down in Florida, uh, escaping the cold that we're having here in New York. And Anne and uh, Nick and Desi know it's a gorgeous day out there today.
3: Mm-hmm. Out? Yes.
2: Uh, it cannot be half as beautiful in Florida as it is <laughs> new york today but judy mark is here uh and judy has a new show that i also saw I, I love the fact that i've seen all of you uh in action judy has a new show uh and our superheroes in love are going to love this celebrating the mm-hmm. life the career the legacy of gwen verton
1: yeah oh. the it best is,
2: <laughs> And, Judy, you have received a slam dunk of uh, positive uh, uh, interviews, uh, reviews.
1: Yes, I have. I'm very, very grateful for... I only did two shows of this new production in New York, and I had Broadway World, Cabaret Scenes, Theater pizzazz, and I I didn't even... Oh, my God. You can't imagine because only two shows I didn't expect it but I got it and it was wonderful and I'm in Florida now and I'm going to do the show again for the third time in a beautiful theater that's about a thousand feet from here from this room within the community that I live in down here and it seats 700 people but I can't tell you the name of it. I can't tell you any of the details unless you send me your email, if you're down here, because it's a private community. It's very complicated <laughs> to get people to come if you can't tell them where it is,
2: right? well, I want to ask you, you um, I know that this came about uh, at the suggestion of your incredible director, Jeff Harner, um, but what have you learned about Gwen Verdon, that you uh, you didn't know a lot about her prior to starting this. Am I correct? Well, I knew she
1: was married to Bob Fosse, and of course, I was familiar with the style of Fosse. Although I didn't really focus in on that, I was more of a Luigi dancer, and before that, Martha Graham the technique was my main mainstay and a ballet and all that. But I knew I knew who Gwen was, but I never thought that my director would suggest that I sing her songs. So I had to do a lot of research on what it is that he saw in me that Mm -hmm. made him think of Gwen. Mm -hmm. He said, you sound like her. I sound like her. I listened to her recordings. I, I didn't hear it, but he says, yes, you have certain little things about your voice that sound like Gwen. Honestly, I didn't even know she sang, except she sang character songs, like A Little Brains, A Little Talent, that mm. sort of song, and Whatever Lola Wants. Those were her songs, some of those songs, and, and some of them were written especially for her. So I really got very, very curious and was studying her for a long time. I almost felt like she became my sister. Mm. And I would ask her questions and she would answer me through her songs. And it, it developed. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Harner was wonderful with, with this project and still is. And Ian Herman is my music director. And we did the first two shows at Don't Tell Mama. Rit Hen was on bass. And Richard Skipper was in the audience.
2: That's right. That's
1: the best part about it. Because every time I looked over there, I saw Richard smiling.
2: You know, Carol Channing once said to me, uh, she said, anytime I'm in her audience, she feels like I was the spine of the audience because Mm -hmm. she said, it's like the people around me are picking up on that. Um, I also don't have a poker face. So if something is not registering, (laughs) you know, I try to sit there and smile. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you, you'll know if I, I, but I have a question that I want to ask the four of you, because the logistics of Cabaret, for those of you out there who are not entertainers uh, and don't know this, uh, the success of these shows truly land on the shoulders of those, uh, all four of you, um, and Because of the logistics and the financials and everything of cabaret, I know I'm there too. Um, It's difficult to have a a a run, Uh, Mm -hmm. the luxury of a show where you're doing night after night after night after night. So those of us who are in this field only are doing spot performances. Mm -hmm. How do you keep that energy level going uh, from show to show? when there's such a gap in terms of the performance times. And I'll start with you, Judy.
1: Oh, you have to love what you do. I mean, I can't think of anything better than getting up in the morning, having my coffee and focusing on my material, thinking about what it was that I was caught on yesterday when I rehearsed that, I'm gonna go to that first. And and then I go to the piano and I warm up and I do maybe some yoga. But I'm very, very self-motivated because I, I love it. Mm-hmm. I think you have to love it. If you don't love it, then you can't do it because mm-hmm. it's really hard to make a living at it. And I'm not even mm-hmm. intending to do that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to. I just want to perform and enjoy it and make uh, people people happy in the audience and connect. It reminds me, Richard, when we shared the stage. In, in Long Island, at the Madison Theater, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And Richard and I got to close the show and go into the audience and get everybody. That was like the best time. We, we connected with people. It was just fun, 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 fun. So I, I, that's what I love. I just, it exhilarates me. What was the question?
2: Well, you answered it. <laughs> Uh, and well, uh, hey. you, uh, you'll hear Ann's response, and uh, maybe the uh, answer to that will come back. So, Ann, the same question to you.
0: Well, I I immediately went to the practical uh, aspect of it. Like the week leading up to a one-off of my show, I do run-throughs every day. I, I, I rehearse every day, um, and. Um, Lena Katrakas who's my director and Alex Ryback is my musical director she always says uh, don't do what you did go where you went like wow um,
2: wow you <clears throat> know so
0: you think that a lot and and the biggest part of of uh, having a successful evening i think is to be completely in the moment and yes. and, and the other thing that I what I love about cabaret, I think of cabaret as I get to be myself with timing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's really what cab, my definition of cabaret is: is to be yourself with timing, and to take a song that maybe a character sings in a musical that, but you don't have to be that character. You you can bring to a song what you want to bring to it. I just love that about. Cabaret, but but what I wanted to say is, um, I'm going to have the luxury of doing a whole week of performances in December in Delray mm. Beach, actually at wow. the Delray Beach Playhouse. I'm I'm going to do my show for like a whole week, and wow. um, that'll be because back you know back in the '80s and '90s, you did get a run when That's you did right. cabaret. And sometimes you did two or three shows a night, you know. But um,
2: I did my show at uh, Helen's Supper Club. I set it up so that I was performing every five nights. So uh, that was part of my contract. And I said, book me at a time where I'm going to be able to do this. And so, and my audiences grew because the momentum was going. So it's an incredible luxury that you have. Mm -hmm. Um, And now Nick and Desi, the same question for you, I mean, and I I have this vision of the two of you, uh, singing and dancing at home all the time with your daughter, who is going to give both of you a run for your mom. Oh, gosh.
3: She already, when we rehearse in our living room, she... Always wants to join in and she always does the button. Like if there's a dip, she'll be like in the middle with me and Nick is dipping both of us. It literally just happened. (laughs) She really likes, I mean, she knows all these old songs.
2: She does.
3: (laughs) She's She's great. She might be in our show one day.
2: Oh, she has to be. So there's one question left, and I'm going to give it to you. Esther, I know that you're having trouble getting on, and I am so sorry. Esther's been on the show before. Uh, She was on All My Children. She's done so many incredible things. Uh, We're going to get her back on. So Esther, don't stress out over today. Let's work on getting you here next Friday. So, uh, And I'm sorry, she she just disappeared. Um, So Judy, I'm going to ask you... Um, uh, Jeff Harner is a phenomenal director We know that He brings so much to the table Because he's an entertainer himself Um, Present company out of the situation That you're currently working with Out of all the people that you've worked with Who would you say has given you The best advice in this business Outside your current group of people That you're working with
1: you mean not, not like a music director? Somebody... That's
2: a musical director, just anyone that you've worked with in the business, the best advice that you feel mm. that you've ever received.
1: Oh my. Um, well, I would have to say it would be a mental health professional. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Keep, going.
2: Keep going.
1: Keep going. Keep going. Don't give up the ship. You're doing it, you're making progress. Just keep going. Believe in yourself.
2: That's great. So I've got some random questions that I pulled about the creative process that I want to share with all of you. So I'm going to start with you, Anne. And the question is, a big moment, a a favorite memory, or a major milestone that has happened with you with this particular show that you're doing now?
0: Um, Kate Burton came to my 54 Below, uh, second performance in September. I did two nights in a row. And that was, uh, she's been one of my dearest friends since 1980, when we were both interns at Williamstown Theater Festival. And um, she and I share the same birthday almost, or like two days apart. Anyway, she's one of my dearest friends. And she came to the show and... She said, she, "She said I don't know why I wore makeup. I cried through the whole uh-huh. thing. <laughs> she loved it, which meant the world to me. And she gave me a quote, which I, you know, use on my thing now. That I would say that 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 and the and Austin Pendleton, who directed Little Foxes, came to my debut. Oh. But it was just a thrill that Katie was there, and I knew where she was the moment I walked on stage. I saw her, and." Um, because Elizabeth was her stepmother. And Kate has often talked about from day one of her being her stepmother, she embraced her lovingly as a daughter. And that's I'm kind ask, of-
2: I'm gonna ask you a question. I hope I'm not putting you on the spot. <laughs> Have you read the latest uh, biography of Elizabeth Taylor?
0: I I've been in touch with the author, who wanted to come to the show on the 26th, but she cannot because I wanted her to do a book signing. Um, She lives in DC. So I'm going to take the show to DC and we're going to do a book signing at my show. I have purposely not read it yet, uh, but I I know all about it. And uh, Katie and I talked about it too, um, because it's the only, uh, well, Elizabeth, never uh, approved of, you know, like Kitty Kelly and all the ones, people that wrote about her. I I talk about in my show that the only um, books that Elizabeth ever really approved of were the ones she wrote herself because um, she dreaded them. But this one has been uh, completely embraced and authorized by the family. But I just didn't want to read it yet because what's really important to me is that everything in my show is the truth and really happened and happened to me. And, um, I just didn't want it to color anything at this point. Like somebody said, well, why didn't you talk about blah, blah, blah. And I said, because Elizabeth didn't tell me that.
1: So Mm.
0: I don't want to bring it up because it, I, you know, um,
2: well, I so reached I, out to with- the author through her publicist and I never heard a word. So feel free to drop my name. I want oh, her I on. That.
0: I will, I will, because she's she's just lovely.
2: She's I would love version. to have her here. That would be great. Uh okay, Nick, I will. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna ask you, um, when it comes to marketing and promoting, do you do that yourself or do you have someone else who handles that? And if you do do your own marketing and promotion, what's your favorite tool that you use to get the word out about your shows?
3: Me? I mostly do you, cause he actually has a job. So <laughs> I, I do a lot of the Instagram and it's, it's really annoying to keep up with that stuff because reels are in people love. I mean, luckily we have a lot of footage, so I, I, Love putting snippets of us dancing together. We're a married couple that does that, so I think it's unique. So yeah. I love posting that, even if you don't get it, a lot of likes, it's out there and just trying to get the word out that you know. I think that we're something different, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So yeah, that, my favorite tool. I we have a some stuff on what is it, Pixelmator? Yeah. To make some cool. Um posters. Posters and stuff. And
2: well, like yeah. I said in my little review for both of yeah. you, you are a modern day Margin gower champion. So oh, thats
4: that's, awesome. that's we need to put that on the website.
2: Yeah. <laughs> We're quoting you. We're quoting you. <laughs> so uh Tasha, what are some signs that you are significantly more intelligent than most people? <laughs> wow. Um <I> don't know. <laughs>
5: Well, one, I think for myself, I don't go along with the crowd. And I say what's on my mind, and I'm not afraid to say what's on my mind. Um, I've gotten in trouble many times for that. But um, I just got to be me, and that's it. And I think the way I think, I can't change it.
2: Well, you know, there's a whole movement called Groupthink. Do you all know about that? And it's the fact that most people go with the herd. One of my favorite commercials on TV, it's a car commercial. And it's about the couple that bring the sheep uh, that brings the sheep home and the sheep is you know doing its own thing and the music that's playing underneath is make your own kind of music uh and it's about separating yourself from the herd yep. i cry every time i see Aww. that commercial because how i mean it's very rare that people actually uh take on uh you know really being their authentic selves You know, so it's great. Pam Stubbs, I'm coming to Washington, DC. I wanna see you there. So (laughs) putting it out there. Uh, So Judy, um, and again, I pull this, Howard Tucker introduced me to this calendar uh, in its daily acts of kindness. And I've shared this story. I ordered the 2023 calendar and I was two weeks into the calendar until I realized that I had the calendar for 2021. Why they sent me the wrong calendar, I don't know. But I pull I pulled something each day. And Judy, what I pull today, it says, identify a special needs employer in your area and become a customer. So for all of our special needs friends, I want to know if there's someone in your life uh, that you just want to point out as a in a celebratory mm-hmm. way today that you've learned from.
1: I would have to say that that is the person who takes care of the garden, who went into business because he had a a boss that was, uh, his employer was very sick. He had some sort of degenerative disease, and he gave this man an opportunity to take his business and do what he could with it. And I'm not talking about just pulling weeds. Yep. I'm talking about deciding what plant is compatible with this plant. Wow. How does this look? And how do you feel about this plant? Do you like color? Do you just want green? Yada, yada, yada. He, he, we've communicated. And I just think of him as family.
2: That's amazing. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. Um, We're going to do one more round of questions and uh, we come back to you. Um, When was the last time uh, that you feel that you accomplished a personal goal that you went? I know that you said earlier, and I love this, that you have a gratitude uh, board. I do the same thing. Uh, But when was the last time that you accomplished a particular goal pertaining to your work that you say, yes, I did this?
0: Um. Well, I'm finishing a, a book. Well, yeah, I, I've I've written a nonfiction narrative memoir uh, called Woody's Order, which is about my my older brother, uh, who had cerebral palsy his entire life, and um, he passed away. But I was always called his order because when he was a little boy, he was nonverbal. He convinced my parents to have me so he wouldn't be alone in the world. And they called me Woody's order. And um, I just finished a uh, writing retreat in Bennington, Vermont at the Prospect Street Writer's House. And I finished editing through everything I've written. And now I just have to compose the the final uh, section. So they gave me two more weeks to come back in July. But when I finished the residency, I, I just felt like, oh, okay, I've done this. It's we're almost there.
2: So great. I do want to let everybody know that you have a wonderful documentary uh, about Woody's Order. I've got it screen- on the bottom of the screen. I was prepared in case you brought Woody up. Uh, so um, he sent me a message, <laughs> and it yeah. is such. Um, I want to tell everyone that uh, write this down, Woody's Order, and go and look at this. Um, it is moving. It is life-affirming. Um, you know, there was, there was no disability when it came to Woody, uh, when I see him. Uh, I just see nothing but love. And uh, yeah. God bless you. God bless you.
0: Yeah. It, and uh, if you email me, because my email is on my website, I can send you the Vimeo link for the documentary. It's only 16 minutes, and it premiered at Tribeca, and it's been all over the world.
2: It's incredible. Uh, everyone, really check it out. Uh, Nick, I'm back to you. And when was the last time that you saw a beautiful sunset and really enjoyed it?
4: Mm. Um, was it, there was the one last week in Spokane that was just beautiful. We were visiting Desi's brother in Spokane and his wife and the two kids and the kids were playing. And then I looked at the mm. window and the sun was setting and the, the sky was pink and beautiful. And I just took a moment just of gratitude and going, well, wow, this is beautiful. And just mm. having the family together and taking that in and bringing tears to my eyes right now. But it was just a beautiful wow, moment that right. I just I had go, to myself.
2: <laughs> I go for a walk every morning. And yesterday morning, I happened to get up very, very early. And I saw the sunrise. And it was oh, just so um, beautiful. So everybody take the time to enjoy yes. these moments. Um, Desi, mm-hmm. also from Howard Tucker's calendar. Oh. So, um, I... <laughs> it, it, the one that I'm pulling for you, it says, "Write down a short story of a favorite memory from your childhood." I want to go to when you were five years old. Oh. A favorite memory. Ooh.
3: Five. Oh, geez. Do I remember anything? <laughs> <laughs> I just remember being so creative with my my brother. We were so silly. I mean, we both. My brother's not an actor anymore, but we both went on to become actors and singers and stuff. So in childhood, we would always put on plays for our parents, even like, because I'm older than him. I just remember when I was not five, a little older, my dad would let us use the camcorder and we would like, make commercials and like, and then play it for them, like sit them down and like, watch this. And, like,
4: and the wonderful thing is that her father converted yeah. all those videotapes into DVDs. So you can watch them, them. And we <laughs> watched them and they're incredible. They're
3: so weird. <laughs> but I am so thankful that I, they just let us create and just perform at an early age. I just remember my brother and I, like putting on costumes and just writing a musical or something. So that's that. that's something.
2: That's <laughs> well, congratulations on that. And, you know, <laughs> what the brother's name?
3: Brandon. So Brandon, <laughs>
2: if you're watching, come on and tell us all about days uh, anytime. So, <laughs> Asha, you, what if anything, is currently standing in your way of getting what you desire? when it comes to your own creativity?
5: Nothing, so I'm actually looking back into performing in drag. Oh, I'm really? I'm actually moving on with my cabaret, I'm looking for a place to hold a small cabaret. And I still perform for the Imperial Court of New York and the Imperial Court of Connecticut. So I'm getting back into performing and doing music again.
2: Good for you. And I love it. There's a big article in today in our local paper here, Jinx Monsoon. Have you been <laughs> following this? Is killing it on Broadway in Chicago yes. and, I read yes. and it was just so incredible with all the negativity that's out there, mm-hmm. it's great to see something you know positive in a major newspaper about mm-hmm. this. and mm-hmm. uh Judy, I pretty much know um the answer to this next question because uh, I know that uh, Jeff Harner that I give to um, was behind your uh doing this show. But the bottom line is, it's you up there on the line, uh, to quote something from a chorus line. So what is it that keeps you going when it comes to this show beyond the fact, as you told us earlier, that you absolutely love what you do?
1: Oh, well, because I did the research and I have discovered so much about Gwen that we have in common, I was much more encouraged to do this because I could identify with her I could feel her. I could, I could be her in her roles or be myself. But there was that connection that this is a very uplifting, positive person who loved life. And that's me.
2: <laughs> that's great. Well, I want to thank all of you for being here today. And, uh, and Esther, I'm sorry if she's still watching that she had the issues that she had, Uh, but everything happens for a reason. She'll be back next week. uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, as we celebrate whatever is coming up next week, Um, I'm going to give each of you a chance to have your final word um, it could be about anything that we spoke about today that you want to build upon, anything that you didn't talk, we didn't talk about that you wish we had, or just any final message that you want to leave for everyone who's watching today. Um, as those of you who follow the show uh, religiously, and you're all here, and I really appreciate it, uh, each day I pull a word of the day, and I focus on that word with everything that I do throughout the day. And the word that I pulled this morning was clarity. And I think it's very important that we all be very clear about who we are, living our authentic selves at all times, and living our dreams and putting it out there. Because while we're thinking about it, somebody Mm -hmm. else is out there doing it. So get out there. Um, And I've talked Mm -hmm. about this a lot recently. I read an article on New Year's Day uh, by Marcus Arielis, who was a great Stoic. And he said that from the moment that we come through the birth canal, Every single day we are doing two things. We are becoming and we are dying. And if we think of each day as it's only, it's a lifetime that can happen in each day, in each moment. We live moment to moment to moment, make the best of those moments. As you all know, I end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. You see all these great artists here and Tasha with the work that uh, she's doing. We have the opportunity. If you're not able to attend these shows, treat a friend if you're able to do so, uh, because all of us we could be opening a refrigerator door and just performing for the light bulb that goes off. It's all about those audiences that are in the audience.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: So if you're not able to be there, send a friend. Um, look, up, uh, all their information will be on my YouTube channel. Please follow them beyond today. Let them know what you think of not only today, but really be out there to see their shows. Ziggy, stop. My device just went off. So anyway, I want to thank you again. Uh, I always tell everyone to pick up the phone and call someone that you haven't spoken to in a while. Uh, Always do this. Uh, Not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, but a phone call. And let that person know how they matter in your life. Uh, As a dear friend of mine says, we're all in the same storm, but we're in different size boats. And I don't care if you're on a yacht or on a canoe or on a raft or a kayak, or even on a tugboat pushing everything upstream. Just make sure that whatever size boat you're on, that you have a skipper by your side. And with that, I'm gonna turn it over to you, Ann, and when you finish, you'll pick the next person. The last person standing, don't worry about how to end the show. As soon as you say goodbye, the final credits will roll. I love you all. You made my birthday a little bit more special. and it's all yours. Thank you.
0: Um, well, I would just say I had to put my glasses on. I don't know why. Um, never give up. I never give up. Yeah. And I think the super, superheroes are next.
4: Okay. Desi, go ahead. go ahead.
3: Oh, great. <laughs> I feel the same way. Um, just our business is difficult, and you you want people to support you. Uh, so I think that supporting artists, no matter what, and you reach, we reach out to so many people, and most of our close friends don't answer. <laughs> So we just, we just feel like, um, can you please help me out here? I'm of course. Really, <laughs> thank you. Married couple. It's,
4: it's along oh, the God. same lines of just, just keep going yeah. Yeah. and lead with kindness. You know, mm-hmm. like in this, the, especially now that things are coming back, yeah. it doesn't cost you to retweet, to repost, to, uh, to share, to say, Hey, look at these amazing people who are performing. I can't make it just like Richard said, yeah. uh, keep going and lead with, and lead with kindness, you know? Yeah. Clarity and authentic selves and keep going. Yes, be right?
3: yourself no matter what. That's right. It's the best thing to be.
5: I'm going to pick Tasha to go
2: next. <laughs>
5: Bye. I want to thank you all for letting me be here. It was so nice being all of you, Judy, Nick, and Desi, and uh, your amazing performers. I hope you get you see you in person sometime here in Maine. Um, but thank you all for letting me be here. And I so agree, clarity. And understanding is very important. And we need to be open-minded and accept everybody. Thank you very much for having me. Judy.
1: I'm the last man standing. And I want to wish Richard Skipper the happiest birthday. And thank you for le- for taking us on your journey through reincarnation of your different ideas and inspiring us to all... Keep that ship afloat. Keep it up. Thank you. Aye aye.